in uh, Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 31. Uh, we'll go through 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake you were killed all, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers for things present, for things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father and our God, we humble ourselves before you this morning to say thank you for another day. To say thank you for the opportunity to gather together to lift up to you all of those that aren't with us this morning. Father, those that are, that are hurting, those that are sick, those that are shut in, those that are suffering loss or tragedy or whatever kind, I just pray, Father, that your, your comfort be upon them, that you allow them to, to see and feel your presence in their current situation, whatever it may be. Father, we're just forever grateful for your word and what it means to us and what it speaks to us. And I pray this morning that as we dig into your word, that you would open our hearts and minds, that we may see and understand exactly what you would have us to get from it. Give us, Father, what it is that we take to mold us to be more of what you desire to do for reflection of your glory. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Lots of loss. Like, uh, lots of, of tragedy. Lots of things that are just almost unspeakable when you come to think of it. Uh, a lot of times we get in a place separates us from, from those that care the most about us or we want to be isolated or we end up isolated whether intentionally or not. And then Satan's able to whisper in our ear and convince us that we're the only one. And to convince us that we've got to face whatever this is that we're facing by ourselves. That we've got to go through this and find our way through this and it's completely not true. It's the opposite of what God tells us. 1 Corinthians 12, 26, Mark. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. And if one member suffers, now this is right after the description of the body of Christ. This is, this is that description. If there's only one body. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with him. Or, if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. I've heard all my life, I hear people come up with all kinds of, all sorts of excuses for not coming to church. 
ain't got to go to church to be saved. Got that. There ain't no building on this earth that'll send you to heaven. Got that. But do you understand the benefits of being a part of a body? Think of it. If you're all you got, you'll only be as smart as you are today. You poor thing. If you're by yourself, you're only as strong as you are. You are your weakest link. The bad news is you're also your strongest. There, there's so many benefits to being a part of a body. When you suffer without a body, you suffer by yourself. When you hurt without a body, you hurt by yourself. But when you're a part of a body, a body of believers, like-minded believers in Jesus Christ, like-minded followers of Jesus Christ, good news, you ain't got to face nothing by yourself. One of the greatest benefits of being a part of a body is you're not alone. You don't have to do this by yourself. As a matter of fact, when you hurt, we hurt with you. If you're by yourself and you get honored, you get to enjoy it by yourself. But when you're a part of the body and you're honored, we celebrate with you. Our buddy Jeff, where's Jeff at? He's normally outside. I think he's here this morning. Big shiny head, he's covered right there in the back. Jeff is a uh, narcotics officer. If nobody runs, you'll know. This may have been a trap. You took a few weeks ago, he and his wife Tammy were off. She's a parole officer. She ain't looking for me today. Okay? A few weeks ago, they were at Gatlinburg in a big meeting of officers. They put a lot of officers together. There's an organization called Tennessee Narcotics Officers Association. You do that like this? They were all gathered together. They were having their annual convention or gathering. They, they, from time to time, honor people, give out awards to people that are especially good at what they do or people that show particular things. And they were reading this bio of this person that they were going to give this good award to. And they, they read a little while. Jeff looks at Tammy and goes, what are you going to do? And they were, as a matter of fact. It wasn't a war on war related to how much of his job he does or how much he's accomplished in his job as a parent. The big picture of the war that he was about his character and his integrity and how he goes about his job and how he never He's always the guy that's doing his job. And all these years of service were recognized not because of what he had accomplished, but the character that he comes with. Now, for me, that's a big deal. When, it's one thing you do your job and do it well and people are noticed, but when people start giving you an award because of your character, yeah, that's right. Most of us go, I need it. Right? Good news. 
If one of your members is honored, we all get to rejoice over that. Because we know that we have a member of our body that goes out and does his daily job in a way that other people recognize his character. You don't have to go about this by yourself. And not only that, but remember, one of the other benefits of being a part of a body is that when you go out, you don't just represent you anymore. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, if God is for us, now a, a better translation of that word, according to everything I can find, for those of you that's been around on Wednesday nights and we've been talking about word studies and word for word translations and making sure things are what they say they are and tying them to other things. A better translation of if God is for us is actually since God is for us. Since God is for us. So that kind of changes this a little bit. Since God is for us, who can be against us? So if God's on my side, who can stand against me? If God is on my side, what can stand against me? If God is on my side, what can bring me down and keep me down? What can steal my joy? Who can steal my joy? Can I not face these tragedies and still have confidence that God is who He says He is? Who can? Does that mean it doesn't hurt? No, absolutely not. Does that mean I won't cry about it? No, absolutely not. It still hurts. 
But I've got to keep my focus on the fact that no matter what happens, God is exactly who He says He is. And since God is for me, I'm thirsty. 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Have you ever been to a place in your life or been in a place in your life where you didn't know what to pray? I have. Good news. Christ intercedes on your behalf. So when you don't know what to pray, you just call out to Him. And on your behalf, He stands at the right hand of the Father and goes, This is one of ours. This is one of our members. This is, this is one of mine. This is one that's washed in the blood. And on your behalf, He intercedes for you to the Father. Keep reading. Verse 35, where I'm trying to get to. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What shall separate me from the love of Christ. Paul goes on with a list. And we're going to try to look at these things kindly briefly this morning. Not, not in, in um, extended form for any of them. Who shall separate us or what shall separate us from the love of Christ because in all this hurt and all this loss and all this tragedy and all, all this suffering, sometimes we get to a point where we feel like we can't feel or we can't detect God's love anymore. We, we feel like it, we know it's there, but it's hard to fully experience it. So Paul gives us a list as he's asking the question, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation. A definition of tribulation, distress or suffering resulting from oppression or persecution. Distress or suffering. Anybody ever felt any distress or suffering? Mm. Distress. My definition of distress. Hemmed in by circumstances. You ever felt like you were hemmed in by your circumstances? You ever felt like you were where you are because, and you had no control over it? It was just the circumstances of things going on around you that had you in that place? I've been there. But guess what? That can't separate me from the love of Christ. It can't. It, it can't. It, it can't get me to a place where I can't feel the love of Christ. Persecution. Suffering. Suffering, oh, my bad, I can't read my own writing, y'all have to bear with me. Persecution, suffering as a result of faith. Can't separate me from the love of Christ. Famine, 
a time of shortage. Most of the time, it's related in biblical terms to a, to a shortage of food. But famine is just, just a, a shortage, a, a shortage of physical things. Have you ever been in a place where you felt the shortage? Right now, we're feeling a, a, the, the minor effects, the beginning effects of a shortage of water. It's there. Um, some feel it more than others. Those whose um, livelihood depend on the things that grow from the earth, the farmers and, and the people that are having to haul water to feed their cattle, they, they're getting the first effects right now of a shortage or a famine from water. We need some rain. Everybody you talk to, that's the first thing. I, we need some rain. We do. You ever, but if it don't rain, can't separate me from the love of Christ. E even a shortage, even being without things, physical things, will not separate me from the, from the love of Christ. Uh, nakedness, to be uncovered or exposed. Have you ever been in a place where you felt exposed? <laughs> Man, that's uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable. But, it, but it's not the end of the world. It's not going to separate me from the love of, of God. Peril, something that is likely to cause injury, pain, harm, or loss. The sword, the, the physical attack, the physical things that this world brings at us. And Paul gives us this list and he goes, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Can these things? And the answer is no. So to tie that back to where we started with the body of believers thought process I get and I receive and I physically feel the love of Christ through the people around me. Right? None of these things can separate me from the love of Christ. So in my way of thinking, in my mindset, in the way I understand the Word of God, that tells me that none of these things can cut me off from my attachment to this body or whatever body that I happen to be associated with. For me, it's this body. And I, I can prove that to you. I can give you instances over and over and over and over again where this body of believers seen somebody in some kind of struggle and just overcame it. I, I can give you examples over and over and over where this body of believers were able to raise unbelievable amounts of money to help somebody in a situation that them by themselves would have never gotten out of. That's the love of Christ. See, you and I as the body of believers reap these benefits of being a part of a body, but we've got to understand something. Being a part of this body also means that you and I are the hands and feet of Christ. And that some people's feeling of the love of Christ comes directly through us and our actions towards them in a time of suffering. I'm the world's worst about reaching out to people. I stink at it. I, I, the telephone is the worst thing in the world to me, and I don't know why. I fail at it, but some of you are awesome at it. Some of you hear just a glimmer of something has happened somewhere, and you're on the phone going, Hey, what do you need? What can we do? 
And, and I'm getting back feet off you going, whew, glad you got that because I missed it. But see, it's how we function as a body. It's, it's what we're talking about when we're talking about completing each other. It's what we're talking about when, when we're talking about everybody has a responsibility and everybody has a job to do. And when everybody does that, we grow. All of these benefits of being a part of a body only comes through if we do our job inside the body, right? Because we're going to a place next that blows my mind every time I read this scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It's, it's, one, of the, my, it's one of the easiest things in the whole Bible to memorize, I guess, is why I love it so much. It's, it comes to my mind a whole bunch, a whole lot of days. This is where my mind goes to get me through some of these tougher times that we face when we look around and it feels like the whole world's coming against us. This is where I end up. And I finally figured out over the last few weeks, God has shown me that what makes it possible is, is everybody working and going in the same direction. Like-minded people with a common goal in mind pushing towards that goal. Verse 37, Romans 8, 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, not just that we can get by when we need to, more than conquerors. And don't leave off the tail end of that part of that verse that I haven't read yet. More than conquerors through Him... Who loved us? When I, as an individual follower of Christ, not nobody's pastor, not nobody's Sunday school teacher, just regular old plain Jane Nick, follower of Christ. When I am plugged into my source, when I am dependent upon God, There is nothing in this world that I can't overcome through Him who loved us, through Christ. <clears throat> For some reason at my house, we can't leave stuff alone. We've got to be constantly moving something or painting something or buying something or building something. And it seems to have gotten worse since about December 26th of last year. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but that date just kind of comes to my mind. We got this little tiny room that Montana lives in, and it's small. It wasn't built to be, I mean, a real bedroom. We didn't have kids when we built the place. We didn't really think we'd ever have kids, to be honest with you. So it's just a small little place to get her off to herself, give her some privacy, and should have insulated those walls a little better but we didn't and we can't even leave that alone we got to paint the we get, Amanda had to come paint the room and we got to get this bed that Linda found at a yard sale and then I got to spend two months sanding on it and painting it and distressing it and clear coating it and I'm taking the uh, instruction from this one and the, so yesterday was the day we're going to move all this stuff into this little room <sighs> Lord, please come quickly. <laughs> no, I mean today. 
For some reason, this kind of stuff bothers me. And it shouldn't, but it does. And I mean, I get my feathers ruffled easily on these days. So we go to pulling stuff out, and we go to putting stuff in, and we get everything in there. Well, now, you know, we, we get a DVD player in the TV, and, and we've got to got to have a Christmas tree in there, too, for some reason. And, and we, the plug-in only has two outlets. So let's go spend another $15, $10, $50, whatever you want to spend on a power strip so we can have more outlets. So last, we got through that yesterday. We stopped by Home Depot. We get the little power strip thing and Whew. We get it all plugged in and lit up, and, and, and then we can't just have a Christmas tree anymore. We have to have a, a stepladder that I had to take and put boards on, and Amanda had to put the Christmas village on it. And I feel like the village idiot looking at it. And, <laughs> and there's everything in the village has its own light. So we got to have 14, and my brother's a fire chief, and if he comes in my house, he's going to shut it down. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a disaster. It looks like a real problem there to me. But last night as I was studying and finally going over the, the ends of my notes, and I, I start to think about being plugged into a church and being a part of a body and the importance of being more than a conqueror, me by myself, plugged into my source. But then I got to thinking about those power strips. And how now we converted one outlet into six, which ain't safe for the fire people, but spiritually seems to me to be a good idea. And I got to thinking in my mind and going over how if you were to take that one power strip and plug it in that thing, now don't do this, because this right here really will cause problems. Don't do this. But if you could... You could plug that one six outlet power strip into a wall and then put another six, six on that. You see where I'm going? Now you see how much stuff... We, and that's kind of the way a church does. Is we're plugged into Christ. Through Him who loved us is why we're more than conquerors. We're plugged into Him, but then other people, because we're plugged into Him, are able to plug into us. Now, me by myself, just like that power strip, if you unplug it from the wall, every, all six of them are dead and it ain't going to light up. The little village thing won't come on if you don't plug it in the wall. Right? I'm that way with Christ. If I unplug from Christ, I'm of no benefit to none of y'all. But plugged into Christ, I have something to share. I have the means of not allowing you to suffer by yourself. I have the means of helping you to overcome and conquer things that you can't overcome and conquer by yourself. But me by myself, unplugged from the wall, I'm just a useless power strip. Y'all see where, am I making any sense this morning? Listen to me. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Montana always has this habit, if she figures out that I'm preaching, she'll go, what are you preaching, Papa? And I'll go, I don't know, baby, it's too early to tell. <laughs> but this morning at breakfast, she said, Papa, what are you preaching on? And I said, baby, I'm preaching on being more than conquerors. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm, I think we had to learn that verse, and I said, I think you did. And she got to going over with me all the things in her life that she's overcome. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. And a lot of the things that she has in her mind are things that she has overcome since December 26th. And I just sat there trying to choke down my breakfast and not let her see me, you know, yeah, baby, that's special, yeah. Because I'm a babbling mess. Because she starts talking about the simplest things in life that she's overcome, and I start relating to those things and going, God, you used me as the power strip to give her the power to conquer that in her life. So in your life, how many people, can you look around, how many people are more than conquerors because of how you live your life? Maybe your children, maybe your grandchildren, maybe a spouse, maybe a friend down the road, maybe a co-worker. If you'll stay plugged in to your source, you have the ability to help people through things that they can't get through by themselves. Because believe it or not, we're in a world full of people that ain't plugged into the right outlet. And they're trying to overcome these things by means of things that will not get them through it. And they'll sober up tomorrow and the problem will still be there. But if you can be there to help them to get plugged into, because you are more, you're not just a conqueror. And when you think of more than conquerors, I, got to, I said, God, show me some examples. And I thought of somebody like David. Y'all don't know the story of David and Goliath, right? What were the odds he was going to win that? Zero. I got to thinking about people like Job. Look at what all he lost. What's the chances that Job, excuse me, Job's going to be able to conquer that? In and of himself, he can't. And think of all the examples that God has given us of people that are more than conquerors. People like Daniel. People like Job. That had all the odds against them. But because they were plugged into the right source, they were more than conquerors. Listen, I, I hope this somehow, this way, this has made sense to you this morning. Because like I said, I sit and think about all the suffering and loss and tragedy and the things. You know, you think about the, the, the school bus wreck in Chattanooga. Well, I think it's like six kids now that have children that have died as a result. Think of those families. I mean, you know, I don't think it'd be anything any worse than to lose your child. And I know it's hard to lose anybody. I'm not saying that, but that, that'd be tough. There's so many people out there that are, that are hurting and suffering. And listen, God has told us that we are nothing in this world. He goes on with another list, and I'm, I'm wrapping up right here. Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says, I'm convinced, I've looked at the evidence, and it's evident to me that there's no way that we can be separated from the love of Christ. There's nothing out there, not life, death, height, depth, nothing. There's nothing. No powers or principalities. There's no authorities. There's no man. There's no nothing created. That covers everything, don't it? No created thing. What's here that God didn't create? <laughs> No created thing can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing. 
Y'all, we're more than conquerors. And sometimes I have to be more than a conqueror on somebody else's behalf because they may be facing something that's bigger than them. You know, it's a scary thing, the dark. But when you turn the light on, what happens? The dark leaves and what goes with it? The fear, right? And no matter how many times somebody tells you in your mind, there's nothing there in the night that ain't there in the... I mean, yeah, there's nothing there in the night that ain't there in the day. It, it don't matter. It takes light to remove that darkness and the removal of that darkness to remove that fear, right? You just might be the light for somebody. You might be. It may just be as something as simple as somebody being scared of the dark that causes you to be able to come into the picture and be, show them how to be more than a conqueror. There's so many things that, that people need to overcome. There's so many things that people are still trying to work through. Some of it's not a, a, about a, um, overcoming it in the sense of get up and get over it kind of thing. It's more of working through it. It's more of a grieving process or a mourning process. For some people, it's still a struggle because they've lost something a time ago and they haven't get, been able... You may be that person. And listen... Even if you're the one helping them overcome, you ain't by yourself. If, if one's hurting, we're all hurting. If, if one's honored, we're all rejoicing. It's the benefit of being a part of a body. More than conquerors. Sometimes you ain't just a conqueror for yourself. You're helping somebody else overcome things. When Montana was going over her list this morning of the things that she's overcome, I was going, golly, I never thought of those things. The first time me and her went deer hunting, this part never entered my mind. I knew fear of the dark was there, so she had her own headlight. And I had me one on. And we don't usually walk in with a headlight anymore now that we've gotten Amanda to the stage that she don't need it. Because um, she had to overcome that fear too, by the way. And she has. Over the years, she has. But now we got a new one. And it's juvenile morning, and it's just me and Amanda. And I go, okay, she's scared of the dark, so i got to get her a headlight, Roger. So I got me a headlight. Mine's one of them LED jobs. If you put it on high, it'll light up, you know, about this wide and, and about three pews back. You know, I mean, it's a show enough good. If I'm going to have light, I'm going to have light. You know, ain't no need going halfway. Well, the one I give Montana is not LED, and it's a single bulb deal, and it's just got a little beam going out through there. But it's pretty bright if you're looking into it. You know, it's, it's still bright. <clears throat> We're going out through there. Now, this is the first hunt of the year where I've used my light. And, and we ain't got far from the truck. We're not halfway. And my light starts flashing. And that means, hey, dummy, you didn't charge it. I'm fixing to die. And I'm thinking, uh-oh. This means the only light we got left, Montana's got on her head. And I said, come here, Montana. Listen, my light's fixing to go off. What, Papa? My light. My light is going to go out. And that means you got the only light we got, baby. It's on your head and your tin. So concentrate for me. We need this because, see, if I came in here without a light, I don't need a light. But we came in with a light. Now my eyes are adjusted to light, right? Y'all got me? So my light goes out. And she goes, what we do now, Papa? And I said, you just you get up here beside of me. And you just keep walking and, and keep that light right here in front of us. 
Okay, Papa. Hold on, hang on, don't do that. So we're going down through there, and I'm trying to keep calm because I know of her fear of the dark, and I want to help her be more than a conqueror. And she's 10 and in the woods in the dark for the first time in her life. And she goes, Papa, what's that? I don't know, baby. <laughs> What'd you say? Nothing, sweetheart. <laughs> and I'm stumbling and tripping. She goes, and, and we take about six steps and she goes, Papa, what's that? Baby, it's stuff out there. You got to keep that light down here. I got it. You're going to get us both killed. <laughs> I've got on six days worth of snacks in my backpack if we can get up here. And get in this shooting house. We're going to be good to go. But we got to get there. And we're going along. And we go, what's up, Pop? What? You got to quit. Now you got to keep your head facing this way. So I walked the rest of the way holding on to her ears like a flashlight. And we get to, and I had not, and I thought, you know, I have overcome her fear. She's good to go because I had a light go out and she didn't panic on me. And it, you know, this is great. And I'd forgotten about another fear that we hadn't addressed yet. I had forgot about. We walk up to the shooting house, and she goes, Papa, it's a ladder. And I went, oh, no, she's scared of heights, too. And her biggest fear isn't the heights, it's the ladder. She hates ladders. And I went, oh, no, we may be fixing to go back to the truck. And I got down, and I said, listen to me. Once we get up there, You'll forget about this ladder. I just need you to get up those steps, and here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to take all our stuff, and I'm going to throw it in the shooting house, and you're going to get on the ladder, and I'm going to get on the ladder around you. And every time you pick your foot up, I'm going to pick my foot up. And you're going to be able to feel my chest against your back, and you're going to know that there's no way you can fall. And we climbed up that ladder just like that, didn't we? And I, and I, was, I was snuggled up to her, and I said, and every time she'd pick her foot up, I'd go, baby, you're not going to fall. I'm not going to let you fall. Some people are in a place in their life right now today. They just need to know that somebody else is present. That somebody else is going to hold on to them. That somebody else will put their chest against their back and whisper in their ear, I'm not going to let you fall. There's people there. They really are. They don't know they're more than conquerors. Maybe they're plugged into the wrong outlet. Maybe they need to be plugged into you so you can get them the power of Jesus into their life. Either way, know and understand that if the darkness don't leave, the fear don't leave. You've got to be a light. It's what we've been called to do. Y'all stand with us. We're going to have a moment, a time of invitation before we get into our Lord's Supper. I'm going to ask Chris and Johnny. and Y'all about it today, ain't you, brother? I think uh, uh, Savannah's here somewhere. Dale, Dale is sick, and uh, Peyton is amongst that crowd. So, again, there's a lot of it going on. Just keep them in your prayers. Uh, Miss Shirley's down with a, with a, a busted-up hip. Um, we just got plenty of folks in that position. So y'all be praying for them. We're going to have a time of invitation, an opportunity for you to come to the altar and speak to God on whatever uh, He's laid on your heart this morning. Please don't be ashamed and don't be scared. Just respond however God's called you to respond.